Greetings, friends and neighbors, and welcome to episode 11 of the Community Solutions Podcast, coming to you from the students, faculty, staff, and community partners associated with the Department of Social and Behavioral Sciences at the Indiana University Fairbanks School of Public Health in Indianapolis, Indiana. I'm Jack Terman, Jr., a faculty member in the department and your host for this podcast. Thanks for listening and for spreading the word about our podcast to your friends and neighbors. Working together, we are building healthy, hope-filled neighborhoods where residents help, serve, and respect each other. On behalf of the entire Community Solutions team, I encourage you to subscribe to, follow, rate, and review our podcast. Today, our students Nathan and Morgan converse with Ms. Lisa Hayes, Director of Women's Health Initiatives at the Genesaret Free Clinic in Indianapolis. Ms. Hayes is a wonderful advocate for women with breast and cervical cancer. She is the Executive Director of the Red Alliance, an organization that addresses the racial disparities of breast cancer in Indianapolis. She provides us with insight as to why African-American women have higher breast cancer mortality rates when compared to other races and ethnicities. She discusses the background to this disparity in Indianapolis and across the nation and gives a great example of how Chicago addressed this disparity. She shares an important wisdom, which is that communities have different needs and we all have to take the time to understand the social and health needs of individual communities before applying a set of interventions. We must listen to women in communities across the globe, respect their assets and needs, and work together to support equity for all women to optimize their health and well-being. Let's join the conversation. Hi, I'm Nathan. And I'm Morgan. And we're here with Miss Lisa Hayes. Miss Hayes, welcome, and thank you for being a part of our podcast today. Let's go ahead and get started. So, Miss Hayes, tell us, what is your role as Director of Women's Health Initiatives at Genesaret Free Clinic? So, the Women's Health Services at Genesaret Free Clinic uh, includes doing um, screenings and education related to breast and cervical cancer. And then uh, beyond that, we assist people, uh, our, our patients, with connecting them with any other follow-up services. So if they need any kind of diagnostic tests, if they need medications, if they need um, you know, referral for some other kind of services, uh, that's part of my role as well. So there's only, I'm the only staff employee assigned to this particular program within Genesaret, but we have uh, partnerships in uh, volunteers that actually do the services. I'm not a medical provider. I just coordinate all these things and then also provide all the navigation services to make sure that uh, the patients receive all the services they need through what we refer as the continuum of care. So wherever they come in, if they come in um, as a first-time patient with a breast exam, if it, I take them all the way through, even if it ends up being a diagnosis of breast cancer, I would have navigated them through all those different services. All right. And what led to your involvement with the Red Alliance? Well, the, the Red Alliance was formed uh, several years ago 
Um, and in its formation, the, the people who decided to bring this Red Alliance together reached out to breast health advocates and organizations that have already existed in the city of Indianapolis and did work in the area of breast cancer. The whole point of, of forming the Red Alliance was to address the um, breast cancer mortality rate disparity for African-American women in Indianapolis. So since I have been active in this advocacy and services field related to breast cancer, I was one of a group of people initially invited to a convening meeting uh, to try to bring people together to explore what could be done about the disparity um, and to work in partnerships and collaboratively to make that happen. So that was my initial involvement. And as it turned out, I, I uh, sort of caught the fever, I would say, and, and really was interested in um, the mission and the goals of, of the organization, which, I mean, it, it wasn't initially called the Red Alliance. That's what we came up with later on. But um, it became somewhat of both a professional and personal mission for me uh, as an African-American breast cancer survivor. The fact that our mortality rate was is higher in Indianapolis was um, significant for me. And so... Uh, with my engagement with that, it's led me now to being serving as the executive director of the Red Alliance. Ms. Hayes, in your opinion, why do you believe there's such a health disparity in breast cancer screenings, time to treatment, morbidity, and mortality between African American and Caucasian women in Indianapolis? I think it's a combination of factors. Many of those are socioeconomic factors. Um, but there is a lot of research going on both uh, well locally as well as across the country because the disparity isn't just in Indianapolis. Um, it's, it's a disparity across the country. It's just that in different cities, the, the numbers vary. But uh, I think nationwide, the disparity is, is right around 40%, which is what it is in Indianapolis as well, meaning that African-American women have a 40% 40, 40 more likely uh, risk of dying from breast cancer. So some of the research has shown that it's uh, because of late-stage diagnosis, which means that, like you alluded to, that uh, African-American women are not, not getting timely services. So that could be part of the problem. Um, there's also research that maybe the types of breast cancer that African-American women are diagnosed with uh, tend to be more aggressive uh, or harder to treat. That might be a piece of it, but that does not explain why there might be a, a, a disparity of, you know, say 40% in Indianapolis, but only, I don't know, 10% in an, another city that might have a comparable uh, population of African-American women. So there are other things to look at, things like um, morbidity. Uh, African-Americans tend to be on the negative end of, of all types of um, health conditions. So whether that be asthma or diabetes or, or other chronic conditions, if you have one of those conditions and then you're diagnosed with breast cancer, the treatment course might be a little di more difficult and that could lead to a higher death rate. But it, right now there are more questions than there are answers out there. And that's one of the reasons that the Red Alliance was formed to try to hone in on what's happening in Indianapolis, uh, find those reasons, then fashion uh, solutions that will address it here in Indianapolis. Uh, I, I will share this too. Chicago, seven years ago, and well now eight years ago, had a, a higher death rate, mortality death rate, than Indianapolis does currently. 
but they formed a, a coalition there to address the problem there. What they found was that a lot of their issues had to do with uh, screening rates, where African-American women were not being screened at the same rate as Caucasian women, so therefore their cancers were not being uh, diagnosed as soon. But also a finding there that the quality of the screenings that African-American women were receiving uh, were of a lower quality than Caucasian women. So once they discovered that in Chicago, they were able to uh, come up with solutions to s address that. For instance, they uh, there was a, a intentional effort to uh, for African American women to get their mammograms at a higher quality location, or where they had higher quality equipment. Uh, there was a, a concerted effort to uh, bring education and awareness to African American women to let them know. That, the importance of getting a timely mammogram. So the efforts there has led to a decrease in their uh, mortality rate there. So in Indianapolis, what we do know is that the screening rate is not an issue because uh, African-American women are screened at about the same uh, rate as Caucasian women. So what worked in Chicago is not necessarily going to work in Indianapolis. So again, it goes back to finding out the reasons going on here. Uh, and, and then try to address those. So, And what are some programs that Red Alliance does to combat these disparities? Well, so far, it, it's we're doing things kind of based on anecdotal information because we haven't been around and done any research yet to find out um, conclusively if there are, like, delays in getting um, diagnostic services or delays in starting treatment. Now, anecdotally, we know that happens sometimes. I, I know that from my own work with Genesaret. Um, when I first started out with, with Genesaret, our program was primarily targeting getting um, screening mammograms. And we didn't really have a program for uh, to provide diagnostic services. We really relied on, once we knew a woman needed a diagnostic service, then we were looking at other organizations, health systems, and agencies to provide those services, which that's sort of a built-in delay because you got to make the phone calls and you have, have to make sure that a particular woman is eligible for the services being provided. Uh, there, there were at that time more limited services uh, for uh, diagnostic services for someone who was uninsured or uh, could not otherwise afford to get those services. So in my early years with Genesaret, I saw a lot of those delays where so, someone might have a screening mammogram that was abnormal, but it would be another two months, three months before they could get their diagnostic service, just trying to get them to a place where they could get to where it was affordable and, and those kinds of things. So one of the things that we did at, uh, at Genesaret was to seek out partnerships uh, with other organizations that could um, partner with us to provide those diagnostic services for our patients and also uh, sought out funding to cover that because that's usually the issue is the funding. So uh, once we put those programs in place, we were able to um, cut down the time between an abnormal screening and having diagnostic services to less than 30 days. But that's just for Genesaret. But we know that's happening all, all over the city. And so for other, you know, if, if a woman goes to a clinic outside Genesaret, uh, we don't know for sure how quickly that's happening. So that's one of the research projects that, that we've been uh, proposing. Like I said, right now it's just been talking to women 
about what their experience has been, but uh, we have a proposal um, out there that we're trying to get funding for to actually pull data from different hospital systems and, and um, organizations that provide mammography services to kind of track what the timelines are. So then if we find that there are some significant uh, disparities between the timeline for African-American women and Caucasian women, um, well, then that tells us that's where we need to do the work. And maybe it's that we need to implement more programs similar to what Genesaret has um, to kind of catch those women and make sure they're getting timely services. Um, but on the, kind of layering on top of that always is the education and awareness piece. So part of what the Red Alliance does is uh, provide education and awareness to individual women or groups of women uh, to reinforce that. Yes, it's important to get your mammogram, but it's also important if you are recommended for a follow-up to do that timely and to know where those resources are to, to get uh, those. Uh, to reinforce that um, being called back for additional images after a mammogram is not necessarily a death sentence is sometimes just to get clearer pictures sometimes it, but it could lead to a diagnosis but the thing to know and understand is that the earlier you're diagnosed the better your chance of a successful treatment so it's those kind of educational messages that uh, we try to share with women and so we kind of call that our their personal responsibility or accountability where it's what we're doing with our research and, and working with uh, hospital systems is more systemic interventions where something can be changed in, in the system, in the process of um, providing services that could have a greater impact on moving people more timely through, through their services. So finally, what are some major takeaways that you have for those trying to follow in your footsteps and create community-based solutions for problems in their local area? Mm-hmm. Well, the, uh, you know, the Red Alliance method or model, as we call it, is to uh, be collaborative and to establish partnerships uh, who so that we can collectively address what the problem is. And along with that, what we've employed is trying to bring in the community also. We really believe to uh, bring true solutions, long-term solutions to these problems, there has to be a commu- community component too. Not only just educating the community, but helping the community to be part of the solution because Um, I mean, the services that are being provided are to those people, and so if they can tell us what would work best for them, then they're more likely to take advantage of whatever systems, you know, are are put in place. So, for instance, last uh, summer we held a series of town hall meetings in neighborhoods, had women come out and talk to us about what their experiences have been uh, to try to find out if there are things that are happening, you know, along the continuum care in their experience that could be contributing to to the disparity. So we we heard things like, um, I don't go to the doctor because um, I don't think, if I'm diagnosed, I don't have the resources, I don't have the money, I don't have the insurance to um, get treatment, so I'd rather not know. And we heard things like, well, I don't know my family history because, uh, you know, my family doesn't really talk about that. So... When we hear things like that, that that tells us maybe where we need to do some education. Uh, it also tells us that if if it's a issue of, of knowing where to go or resources, we have to make sure that women know that there are resources there. You don't have to think that because you're diagnosed, there are no answers uh, for you to get services. But um, 
again, it, it, it takes not just Genesaret uh, or, or not just IU Medical Center uh, to come up with those solutions. I think it takes a collective effort. Uh, so everybody's sort of on the same page and everybody's contributing wherever they can. You know, for instance, I mean, Genesaret has, I know I'm biased because this is my work and, and my employer. I think Genesaret has a great program, but we're a small program, so we, we, we can't serve a lot of people. So even if we think we have some great practices, what we want to try to do is share those practices with, with other organizations that might serve more patients and say, how can what we do, how can you kind of adapt that to what your system is? And, and so you can move people more efficiently through that continuum of care. And where can our listeners find more information and be kept up to date on the happenings of the Red Alliance? For the Red Alliance, the best way is to follow us on social media. And uh, so it's for both uh, Facebook and Instagram and Twitter. Our handle is just uh, Red Alliance ND. Uh, we are working on a website, so that will be up hopefully soon, as well as uh, an app which we're kind of excited about. So they can find us there. Also, uh, if anyone wants to uh, communicate with us more directly, our uh, email is redallianceindy at gmail.com. And our phone number is 317-426-9384. So those are the best ways to find the Red Alliance. Awesome. Thanks for being here. Thank you.